Good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be with the people of God, isn't it? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the things you've done through your Son. And I thank you that you have have called us to be yours, that you've made the way plain for us, that you've revealed truth to us, that you've placed us into the body of Christ where it pleases you. And I thank you, Father God, you have a plan and a purpose for every one of us. Thank you for this time. I ask for the children that will be downstairs that you would bless them and that you'd fill them with the truth of your word. And I thank you, Father God, that as a church we have opportunity to pass on the truth of the kingdom to the next generation. Thank you for this time this morning. And I ask, Father God, that you would transform us by your words. In Christ's name, amen. This will be our sixth hero of the faith in in this series from Hebrews 11. And we've come to Isaac, and Isaac is quite a character. And he's in a formula that you'll find many times in Scripture. You'll find this very many times, that God refers to himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And these three are the the foundational patriarchs of the nation of Israel. These three men were chosen by God to begin the nation that God would use to bring the Savior into the world. Isaac, he's, he's sandwiched between Abraham and Jacob. Isaac's rather unique, and he's actually a fascinating image of, of kind of a, a real kind of guy with a lot of faith, but we don't have a lot of information about him compared to Abraham and Jacob. Isaac lived longer than his father or his son. Even though it seems like there's less information about Isaac, Isaac is included in the heroes of the faith. And Hebrews, you know, the Hebrews, so it was probably written to the Jewish people, as the primary audience, so they would understand the importance of Isaac being in that heroes of the faith list in Hebrews chapter 11. There's a lot here that maybe we need to discover. So the one place in Hebrews 11 is 1120, by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. So in our series, that's all we have. So there's not a lot there, so we can go home, right? Short sermon today, that, that's it. There's a lot here, but we've got to go find it. And you find when you study Isaac that there's a bumpy journey in his life. He's, he did some things, and life was difficult. The first place we see Isaac's faith, we're going to be bouncing around in Genesis a lot, is that he's the miracle child. And if you ever stop to think about what this was like for Isaac, Genesis 21, 1-3, The Lord visited Sarah, as he had said, and did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son, who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. So Isaac's the promised son. 
So every time Sarah or Abraham interacted with Isaac, they would have been reminded of God's faithfulness, his faithfulness to his promise. And, and so for Isaac, he's really special to his parents, not just because he's a son, but every time they would look at him, he represented God's promise. And in that culture in particular, they would have communicated that to Isaac. He was, you know, I don't know what you say to your kids when they get up in the morning, you know. Hi, how you doing? And I'm glad you're mine, whatever. You know, clean up your room. And for Isaac, it's, it's hi, do, do you realize that you're the promise? You're the promised one? So Isaac's got this idea all through his life that he's something special. That is the first place I think we need to understand his faith. He understands at a, at, at a actually through all of his, his life that he's a part of this faith, this trust that God is doing something. This builds because we see Isaac's faith uh, faith back on the mountain with, with his father later in his life. Genesis 22, 2. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham and Isaac, they go to Mount Moriah. And father and son, you know, they're on a hike, they're on a trip, they're on this journey, and they're going up the, the mountain. Then Genesis 22.6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. Abraham is communicating faith to Isaac. That faith is God will provide himself the lamb, which was God's plan all along. His plan, his plan all along from the very beginning of, of working with Abraham was to, was to produce this nation that would produce the Lamb, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And this faith in God's promise would have been very ingrained into Isaac's thinking. And when we come to this story, have you ever really stopped and think of what is described in this story from Isaac's perspective? Dad, where's, where's the Lamb? Then you pick the story up a little bit later. Think about this from Isaac's perspective. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and laid wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. What is going through Isaac's mind? Now, there's, there's been pictures I remember way back in my days of my, my parents teaching Sunday school, which is 
horrible. No, it was good. <laughs> Pictures of Isaac being placed on the altar, on the wood. And he's a little boy. The, the scriptures do not clearly say he was a 12-year-old. He was, they don't specifically say that. Scripture very often doesn't do that. It doesn't just come right out and say, hey, this is what you need to figure out. There's some places where I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to use our intellect and go, yeah, we need to figure that out based on what's there. So even though it never clearly states Isaac's age, we have some clues. And here's, here's four really good clues that we know approximately how old this young man was. In Genesis 22.7, Isaac notices the wood and fire, but seeing no animal, he asks specifically about where's the lamb? That implies that Isaac is at least old enough to know what the proper sacrificial process is. He'd been taught that by his parents. So he's old enough to understand, and he's perceptive enough to know that the lamb isn't there, and he's going to ask his dad. So he's, he's at a certain age where he can process information that way. A second one um, if, if, you, if you go to 20, Genesis 21, 34, Abraham, it, it, they're talking about being in the promised land. Abraham sojourned many days in the land of the Philistines, many days. And what's going on there is that this journeying that's spoken of in Genesis 21 is before the trip to Moriah. So this is before the sacrifice. And the idea presented by many days is that there was quite a bit of time involved, possibly several years between Isaac's birth and the trip to Moriah. So we also can start to put together from those two that Isaac was probably not a toddler. And it, it gets more uh, to that point, the trip to Moriah was most likely a three or four day journey. So Isaac was old enough to care for himself on that kind of a journey and to help his father, who was over a hundred years old. He's not a toddler. The fourth one is as father and son climbed the mountain, do you remember when, when what it said that when they're going up the mountain, Abraham put the wood on Isaac, on his son. Who's carrying the wood? Isaac. He's carrying enough wood for a burnt sacrifice, a burnt offering, which tells us Isaac was not a small child. He was at least a teenager. All right? So let's put this into some more perspective then. A teenager or older. And Isaac contributes to the idea of faith here because he's strong enough to carry the wood. He's strong enough to go on this journey. And, and he's, he's, he's then strong enough to resist a hundred-year-old man. Wouldn't he? I mean, maybe. Maybe Abraham was really something. But here you've got a, a, a probably late teens man 
and an a hundred-year-old man, and a hundred-year-old man is going to take that guy, his son, and place him on the altar after binding his hands and feet. Really? Some kind of faith had to be taking place in Isaac. The fact that Isaac allowed himself to be bound and placed on the altar shows that Isaac continued to trust. First of all, he's trusting dad. I have no idea what he's doing, but I'm going to trust him. And he's also trusting his heavenly father. Trusting him for what? The same thing that his father was communicating for the lamb. Incredible. When you, when you really think of it, and especially if we think about it from Isaac's perspective, that took a lot of faith. We have another illustration of Isaac's faith a little later in his life, and it's his marriage to Rebekah. Abraham <clears throat> did not want Isaac marrying a Canaanite woman, so he sends his most trusted servant to Mesopotamia back home to find a bride for Isaac, and the servant finds Rebekah and brings her back to meet Isaac. It's an interesting story, and, and there wasn't anywhere near enough time to go through all of the story this morning. There's a lot of things that God did to show his sovereignty in that story. In Genesis 24, we read about how, how Isaac was conducting his life when this trusted servant brings Rebekah back. So Rebekah's been chosen. The, the servant's coming back. What's Isaac doing? Isaac is probably aware that it's, it's time for, for a wedding to take place. Where's, where's my bride? And dad says, I'm, I'm going to get you one. We're going shopping. So in Genesis 24, 63, here's what Isaac was doing. Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward evening. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. Well, there, that's Rebekah coming. By faith then, Isaac accepted God's ways, what God had provided, his will, and the woman that God had chosen for him. Isaac's marriage was by faith. Isaac, Isaac didn't go do the shopping. He wasn't the one who found Rebekah. God brought Rebekah to him. That took some faith. And you know, it's really interesting if you dig a little bit into the life of the patriarchs. Isaac is the only patriarch who had only one wife for life. That speaks of trusting God and saying, I'm going to do the right thing. Isaac had faith that God would supply a son. He also knew he had to have a wife for that, so he's trusting God for the, the, the right woman. And he stayed married to that woman, only that woman, for his entire life. This faith is also seen in his relationship with Rebekah because Rebekah is barren, just like his mother had been. So Isaac begins to have the same kind of faith that his dad had. Um, Genesis 25, 21, And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. That's an enormous amount of faith. Isaac knew God would provide a son even though Rebekah was barren. 
Isaac, like Abraham, his father, was a pilgrim wandering in the land of promise. So all of this is happening, and Isaac is just wandering around. There's, there's no set place. And while he's doing that, the Philistines wanted to run the Jewish nomads out of the land. They hated them. But Isaac stayed, trusting God in a hostile land. He remembered where his father dug wells, and he found those wells, and he, he dug them again and provided water to sustain his people, and, and he's all the time in this conflict with the Philistines, and yet he does what God tells him to do. Now, Isaac was not perfect, and, and we begin to see this more and more in the characters of the Old Testament that God presents. He was not perfect. He had his faults. Just like his father, he had faults. Just like you and I, he had faults. One of the most prominent ones was, here's this miraculous woman, Rebecca, who's now his wife. Okay? Well, she's beautiful. So he's afraid of the Amalekites. So he lies to them about Rebecca and says, oh, she's my sister. Sound familiar? That's, that's, that's Abraham. He learned from dad. Well, the, Am, the Amalekites find out he was lying and, and they wanted nothing to do with him. So Isaac, he's, he's not perfect. He was blessed in the promised land. But just like his father, he never possessed the land. While in the land... Uh, he's wandering around, and there's a famine. They're, they're going to starve to death. And his initial reaction was going to Egypt. There, there, apparently, there was food in Egypt, so let's go there. And God says, no, I have a different idea. And that required faith from Isaac, Genesis 26, 2. And the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and to your offspring, I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath that I swore to, the, to, to Abraham your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, and will give your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac settled in Gerar. So God is restating the covenant with Isaac. And he's also saying, don't go anywhere else, stay here. Well, there's a famine going on. Well, that took a lot of faith. Isaac's got this, this whole group of people. God has blessed him. And God is telling Isaac, stay where you're at, I will provide. So by faith, Isaac didn't go to Egypt, and he trusted that God would continue to bless him. And God did. Then our, our verse in Hebrews 11 brings us to a place where, where, where Isaac's faith is actually, actually connected to the next generation, the blessing of Jacob. If you remember that story, and we'll talk more about this story next week, but Isaac's old now. He's an old man, and he's blind. And if you go to Genesis 27, 3, Isaac is speaking to Esau, <clears throat> Jacob's brother. 
Now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt game and and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare for them delicious food for your father such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. So Rebecca's scheming. Jacob goes, okay, we'll do that. So Rebecca and Jacob conspire to deceive Isaac. And the whole idea was so Jacob would receive the blessing. They, they go through the, if you remember this story, they place animal skin on, on, on him and, and different clothing and, and, and the deception just unfolds. Genesis 27 verse 21, then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's. But the hands are hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Isaac lied. Then he said, bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. The deception worked. Genesis 27, 27. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. Now, as this unfolds, if you remember, Esau is going to be really angry. But remember that Esau had already despised his birthright by selling it to Jacob. And now Jacob is the one receiving the blessing from his father. Isaac finds out about the deception. And here we find some other indicators of the depth of Isaac's faith. Verse 33, chapter 27. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. Verse 
He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him Lord over you and all his brothers. I have given to him for servants, and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Wow. So where is the faith of Isaac in this? When Isaac found out what had occurred, he did not try to rescind the blessing. Instead, by faith, Isaac accepted God's sovereign will for his sons. He gave Esau a blessing of sorts, but Jacob received the blessing of the firstborn, fulfilling God's plan in building his chosen people through the divinely ordered ancestry of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac could have fought that and said, oh, well, they deceived me, and, and I've got I've to change this. But the blessing was so important in that culture that when Isaac gave the blessing to Jacob, he knew that that was what God wanted, and he was not going to change what God had already established. And the result was that Jacob went on to have 12 sons. Those 12 sons became the head of the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. Isaac was promised to be the source of a spiritual blessing to the world. Isaac never saw that blessing. A man of faith. Just as his father had done with him, Isaac passed the blessing of God's promise to Jacob. He had absolute certainty the promise would come to pass. There's four aspects that I, I see. There might be more, but I, I, I saw four as I studied <clears throat> in this story of Isaac from Genesis and Hebrews. First of all, he was obedient to Abraham and Sarah and apparently very trusting of their guidance, which is, which is a part of our, our learning how to be faith, uh, 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 people of faith. We learn that from our obedience to our parents. He obeyed when God told him to remain in the land despite the famine and the attacks of the enemies. When, when things were really bad and he's wandering around and there's famine and all that happening, he trusted God and obeyed. When Isaac discovered that he had deceived, been deceived by Jacob, he accepted and recognized that it was still God's will. And fourth, Isaac's story also demonstrates God's faithfulness to his promise. God made a covenant with Abraham and would continue to uphold that covenant with Isaac. And Isaac recognized that and passed that same blessing on to Jacob. In Scripture, we don't have near the information about Isaac as we do about Abraham and Jacob. But he was a man of great faith and he fulfilled a crucial role in the building of the Jewish nation. Great man of faith. Father, I ask that you would help us to understand how we are to be people of faith. How we can be obedient to what you have been teaching us. 
I ask, Father God, that you'd help us to trust because of what you have placed in us, the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would stir in us a desire for truth, for your word, and that, Father God, we would be motivated to do whatever you ask, trusting you. I thank you, Father God, that you have included us in your plan and your purpose for your kingdom. Thank you, Father God, in Christ's name. Amen.